Wow, appreciate that. I wish I could break dance. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have that much rhythm. I could two-step, though. <laughs> um, shout out to the Epic Life team. Thank you guys for having me. Um, give it up for Epic Life, please. Amazing ministry. First Lady Camille, thank you for having us or having me. Um, shout out to my men in the, in the front row. They're part of my men's group. Let's give them a round of applause. Love you guys. And I am excited to share the word that uh, God has for us both. Before I share the word, um, Caleb did such an awesome job um, breaking it down a little bit. But this event is called Don't Awaken Love Too Early. Tell your neighbors, just say Don't Awaken Love Too Early. And Don't Awaken Love Too Early is not just for singles. It, it's, it's for singles. It's for friends with benefits. It's for those engaged. It's for baby mamas, baby daddies. It's, it's for married couples. And what I mean by that is this conference will engage you exactly where you're at. Um, as human beings, we're all designed to need love. And, and that can mean acceptance, validation, uh, communication, connection. But if we don't know what love is and we don't know where it comes from, we undoubtedly will seek love in unhealthy places in unhealthy ways. Amen. So this conference is about helping you do relationships from a place of destiny and wholeness as opposed to desperation and brokenness. Um, it's super important. You know, sometimes we can get so caught up on pursuing the one that we stop pursuing and, and, and going after the only one who can love us completely and perfectly. That's Jesus. Um, so this conference is to encourage you, to infuse you, uh, infuse into you, impart into you how to do relationships vertically with God first before horizontally we, we start romantically getting involved. Amen. We all can be a lot better if we know the love of the father before we start trying to discover the love on a romantic level from other people. So that that's what this is about. Don't awaken love too early. So it's a two day conference. Um, we encourage you guys to come. Uh, I believe I gave the code to uh, Eric to where everyone in here can get half off. Isn't that amazing? Half off of $20. <laughs> it's $10. Amen. So um, we got some exciting things in store for you guys. But if you don't mind, uh, let's just stand to our feet. I want to open up in prayer for the word that God has given me to share with you guys. Um, Father, we just thank you um, for epic life in, in the season that they're in. Um, Father, your word says to everything there's a season, Lord, to everything there's a time and place and purpose. So, Father, we just thank you for the people here being sensitive to your season and the direction that you're leading them. And, Father, I just pray that the word that you have placed on my heart will go forth unhindered and uninterrupted, Lord. We pray that all satanic and uh, demonic forces will be paralyzed, Lord. And we thank you for the word going forth and producing a hundredfold return on the people in here. So, Father, I just ask that you speak through me, um, think through me, help me to speak and deliver this word with simplicity, clarity, and help me to articulate myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible, an iPad, or whatever your choice of going through scriptures, if you can go with me to Isaiah 42 and 9, Isaiah 42 and 9, um, and if you are someone like myself who likes sermon topics, you know, topics help me connect with the message, the message that God has placed on my heart to share with you, it's called New Wine. Tell your neighbor, New Wine. New Wine. We ain't drinking today, but it's called New Wine. Amen. And... I want to talk about how to position ourselves for God to pour new wine into us. Amen. 
The Bible says that God cannot pour new wine in old wineskins. And, you know, the Lord is always doing something new. It's just are we aligning, positioning, and allowing him to pour into the new. Amen? And sometimes the, the hardest thing about new is you are in conflict with the you you are now and the you your destiny is waiting on you to become. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the hardest thing about new is you're in this internal conflict between the you you're at right now, the you with the bad habits, the you with the not so good relationships, and maybe even the you that's not really doing nothing wrong is just you need to transition to do something else. That, that, that new that God wants to pour into us, it often is in conflict with the new, excuse me, the you you're at now and the you your destiny awaits. You know, destiny requires us to stay in this alignment with the Lord. And alignment is nothing more than us aligning ourselves up with heaven and what heaven expects from us. And what I realize is if we don't align ourselves up with heaven, we will give in into what hell is offering. And hell's greatest weapon, its greatest tool is deception. Evil's greatest form is deception. It hides itself in good things. The Bible says there is a way to a man or to a woman that seems right, but in the end it leads to destruction. So we got to make sure that when we are expecting God to do something new, and it's a new year, right? It's not that the Lord needs a new year to do something new because he says his mercies are new every morning. Tell your neighbor every morning. However, we sometimes wait to New Year's to position ourselves for new. Amen. So I have some things that I want to share with you to talk about how to become a vessel or a new wineskin so the Lord can pour new wine into you. So it says right here, Isaiah 42 and 9, it says, Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare before they spring forth. I will tell you of them. Now, in this context, God is speaking to Israel about a new covenant coming. But we can also preface this because it's a principle in here that there is a new thing that God wants to do because he's always trying to do a new thing in our life because God is always in our tomorrow today. Amen. God is always in our tomorrow today. So he's trying to position us in what we need to do today so that we can receive what he has for us tomorrow. And I really want to talk about the process of positioning ourselves. Now, when you are positioning yourself for new Guess what? It means that you might have to have some necessary endings. Oh, Jesus. Tell your neighbor, necessary endings. And when there's a necessary ending, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing anything wrong. But sometimes the greatest hindrance to the move of God is what God did before versus what he's doing now. Amen? Sometimes we can get so focused on what he did that we're not aligning what he's doing. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we can get so focused on what he did that we're not aligning ourselves up with what he's doing. We got to be sensitive to his seasons. And before we can step into the new, there is some endings to some old things that we need to get rid of. Amen. God wants us to be wineskins that he can pour new wine into us. And that means we may have to face conflict. That means that means we may have to have necessary endings. That means we may have to say some hard yeses and give some painful no's. Oh, Jesus, when you are lining up with the kingdom of God, you have to say some painful no's. Some things that you want to say yes to, you're going to have to say no. And some things that you want to say no to, you're going to have to say yes to. 
It's about positioning and aligning. I really feel like in 2017, for, for us as believers, it's about alignment because God says, seek me first in my kingdom and everything else will be uh, added unto us. And if we can just align ourselves up with what God is doing, heaven will begin to release what we're praying for. Amen. So again, behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. I believe that as I'm speaking today, don't just listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the spirit of what I'm saying and God will declare some new things. You know, sometimes new things mean you might need a new boo. Sometimes new things mean you might need a new job. Sometimes new things mean you might need new environments. If we want new wine and we, we position ourselves for new wineskins, that means we're open to new relationships New people speaking into our lives, new challenges, new opportunities. But if we don't open and allow our, align ourselves up with this new, we will stay in old, praying for new and wondering why new is not coming. Oh, Jesus, we don't want that. I, you guys, most of you guys know my testimony. You know, before I became a preacher, I, I was a real estate agent. And, and I vividly heard the Lord tell me that your season of doing real estate is coming to an end. And your, your season of pursuing me, going to school and, and, and learning more about how to step into your pastor call, pastoral calling is beginning. And, and, and some things that you think is an end is actually a new beginning. And some things that you actually just begun is actually the beginning to an end. So we got to be careful. We got to be very sensitive. And, and, and in me ending my real estate career and beginning my pastoral calling, it was extremely uncomfortable because I now have to be something that I'm not used to becoming, but it was what destiny was pulling out of me. I believe the Lord is asking some of us to embrace some new uncomfortable situations, embrace new boundaries, face new opposition, face new challenges, because it's not that God is trying to take things from you. He's trying to expand so he can pour more into you. Are you a vessel for God to pour into? We pray and we sing, fill me up. But in order for the Lord to fill you up, you have to first empty yourself because he has done all the filling. He's not, he's not, he, he's not uh, uh, trying to pour. He's already poured it out. It's just, a, he says, in the last days, I'm pouring my spirit out. It's just, are you filled with yourself, filled with your pride, filled with your own relationships, your own way of doing things? If you are, new can't come to you. You won't have some stale wine, some bitter wine. You won't have that Napa wine. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Napa wine. I want that vineyard wine. I want that fresh plucked wine. Amen. I want that clean feet wine when people are stepping on the grapes. <laughs> so check this out. Go with me to Luke 5 in, in verse 36. Luke 5 verse 36 through 39. And I want to read. Um, this is Jesus speaking to people who asked him. I see John's people fasting, and I, I see other disciples fasting, but why are not your disciples fasting? And Jesus' respond was like, does, you know, the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with him? So, so that's the context, and then it led into this. No one, everyone say no one, puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Here it is. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. You're praying for new relationships, new opportunity. But have you developed new habits? Have you developed new mindsets? Have you embraced new boundaries? 
We're asking God, Lord, please, I don't want to get hurt no more. I'm tired of my heart being broken, but you haven't even set new boundaries so that your heart can get healed. If you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results, we heard it before. What is it? It's insanity. And it says right here, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But, everyone say but. Say it like you mean it. Say but. New wine must be put into new wineskins. That means before God does the pouring, he has to send us through a process of preparing for what he's about to pour. And it says right here, and, 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 but new wine must be poured into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Here, here's the part that caught me. And no one, everyone say no one. No one having drunk the old wine immediately desires the new. Oh, wow. For he or she says the old is better. See, God is, we're, 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 there's some insight. We're, we want new, but sometimes it's hard to pursue new because we're still attached, connected, bonded, infatuated, whatever, with the old. And, and, and the Bible says that if I even expose you to the new, you may not be ready for it because you're going to immediately think the old is better. Amen. How many of us is expecting something new? We want a new year and, and we want new things. And again, God doesn't need uh, 2017 to do new things. His mercies are new every morning. But have we prepared ourselves for what we're asking God to do? Have we aligned ourselves up of what heaven expects from us so that heaven can pour into us? Amen. So if we don't become vessels of new wine, and we don't become new wineskins, what happens is we stay in the wilderness of our struggles. We stay addicted. We stay heartbroken. We stay in bondage. We stay, I keep falling into this person's bed. <laughs> we stay making the same mistakes. We stay slipping into sin. And, and to me, I always tell my young adults, you can't slip into sin. You chose to slip into sin. Sin is not something you slip into. Sin is something you chose to do. You just put slipping on it because it sounded a little bit better. But in all actuality, you wanted to do that. But the thing is, sometimes we're not sorry for the sin. We're just sorry we got caught. We just, you know, we're sorry that the consequences just came. <laughs> so, so when we stay in the wilderness of our struggles and unwilling to become new wineskins, God can't do new things. And what ha young adults, we're getting older. You, start, you started on fire for the Lord at 20. You're 22. You're 24. You're 26. You're 28. You're 30. You're 32. And you're still going around the same mountain of your struggles? Amen? And, and, and the thing about it is we, we, what happens is when we don't break from the things that we should have broken from, Christianity no longer becomes fun. Life no longer becomes fun. We get discouraged. And when we get discouraged, we go into our lust for encouragement. And that lust only provides a momentary, momentarily encouragement. It, it, it allows you to feel encouraged in the moment of, of the feeling. But once the feeling is gone, shame comes. Shame comes. And you know what shame does? It makes you go back to your lust for comfort. 
That's all shame does. Shame tells you to go back to the lust because God doesn't love you. You made a mistake. You you, you keep messing up. And, you know, the thing about it is God doesn't want to shame you. He wants to cover you. So when we run to him, we get covered. But when we run from him, we get shamed and we stay in this wilderness season. So I want to, you know, another thing is, you know, God is trying to move in his church. And, and, and just speaking to the church, if we're not willing to open the door to new wine, new leaders, n- new voices, new strategies, spirit-led, our, the church begins to step into this place of tradition. And the Bible says the traditions of man make the word of no effect. Amen? We want new wine. We want new things. We want new strategies, but we're not willing to embrace new, new, new revelation, revelation that lines up with the word, new speakers, just new, new worship, new, new ways of doing things. And I, and, and I believe that we're coming to a time and place where there, there's two things happening. There's the church that is super religious that is declining, and then there's the church with power. And, and we got we to gotta figure out which side we're going to be on. We're going to be on the church that's religious, caught up in tradition. Are we going to be new wineskins, allowing the Lord to pour new wine into us and be that church with power? Amen? So there's two things. There's two ways God pours new wine into. If, number one, if, if, if God is trying to pour something into our life. Now, if it's a ministry if it's, if, if it's something that God wants to do through you to touch the city, right, to touch the people, touch the nations, well, God has to allow you to go through this process to where you become a new wineskin. However, if you don't go through the process of becoming a new wineskin, God will overlook your stale old wineskin self and find a new wineskin to pour into. Now, here it is. The gifts and the callings of God is without repentance, but we lose or sometimes we miss opportunities that develop us into our callings. And when we miss that opportunity, the Lord, he can make all things work good for those who love him, and he will just allow a new opportunity to come. But sometimes we miss opportunities. We don't miss grace. We don't miss love. And God has a way of when we mess up plan A, B, C, and D, he can still make E better. However, when you miss the opportunities when he's moving and he's calling you to him, you miss the process in which he's developing you to become a new wineskin. Amen? Y'all with me? You guys ain't mad at me, are you? <laughs> so two-way gods pour new wine into new wineskins. Number one, if, if, if on a ministry or on a business level, if there's an idea that God is like trying to get to his people, if he's trying to bless his city, he will do it through an individual. But, however, if he can't find an individual, he'll find another one. Amen? But the other process is for him to pour new wine, you go through this renewing of the old wine skin. Because old wine skin is hard. It's brittle. It's rigid. It's unwilling to listen. It's, it's, it's just, it's, you know, you pour new wine, it's just going to bust open. So God puts us as old wine skin in the process of being uh, adaptable. In, in old wineskin, you marinated in water, and what is brittle now becomes softer. Amen? And we know water is synonymous with the word of God, the presence of God. So, you know, the Lord showed me there's two ways I can make your heart tender. Think of, think of it like meat, right? If, if, if you're trying to tenderize meat, there's two ways you can tenderize it. You can get meat and you can beat it until it gets tenderized, Right? 
Or you can uh, put a little stopper in your sink, fill it up with water, and allow it to marinate in the water till it get tenderized. So you got to ask yourself, are you going to be the process of being beat with life situations, heartaches, Things that you didn't have to go through to tenderize your heart to find you at a position and be like, all right, Lord, or will you submerge yourself in his presence, submerge yourself in community, submerge yourself into the things of God? See, I was the first one. The Lord had to beat me up a little bit. Prison. And let me rephrase that. God is not beating us up, right? It's just we get out of alignment, and by default, there's a beating process, (laughs) Right. Because because we, we I, you know, I'm not going to give credit to God on things what Satan does, nor am I going to give Satan credit of things that belong to God. So so it's not that the Lord is doing the beating. It's just sometimes we get out of alignment and safety provision. Security is in alignment. When we step out of alignment. There's calamity there. There is an enemy that seeks to kill, steal and destroy. So when we get out of alignment, we, by default, put ourselves in this, uh, 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 the curse of the law. Because the Bible says the spirit, of, of the spirit of life in Christ has freed me from the law of sin and death. So when, when, when I'm in God's will, the law of life in Christ is flowing through me. But when I get out of God's will, the law of sin and death is working against me. Amen? This is why we got to get born again and get grafted into the, 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 the better pouring of the two. Amen? If you guys understand, say amen. Amen. So um, he finds new wineskin to pour into, and he allows the old wineskin to soak and be made flexible again. Now, one thing I want to talk about, new wine. Everyone say new wine. Let me check my time real quick. All right, cool. New wine. What does new wine bring? And then I want to give you seven ways you can become a new wineskin. New wine, if you think about new wine in the context of what Christ was describing, he was speaking of a new covenant, leaving the way of Judaism and and stepping into this new dispensation of grace, right? And, And we see new wine happening when the Holy Spirit poured himself out on the day of Pentecost. But there were still a lot of people in the Jewish culture who was unwilling to yield to what God was doing. Matter of fact, they couldn't accept new wine because they wanted Jesus to come as a political leader versus a spiritual leader. They expected Jesus to show up like, as like a Roman soldier taking over things. But Jesus came through not in a way of what man expected him to, but he came. The Bible said he had no special appearance about himself. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, if we saw Jesus, he probably just looked like an ordinary dude. However, this ordinary person who did not bring the blessing by which most people thought it would come still brought a blessing, and it was only for the humble who could receive it. I believe that the Lord is doing new things in our life, but we think it has to look a certain way. We think it has to be presented a certain way. We think it has to be packaged a certain way. But in all actuality, the Lord packaged things in humility. He packages things in patience. He packages things in self-control. He packages things in communication. He packages things in prayer. So if you are overlooking all of these things, you're going to be looking for something that won't come. And when you're looking for something that won't come from God, then that makes you susceptible to counterfeits. Oh, Jesus. I felt heaven on that one. You become susceptible to counterfeits. I just thought he was the one. I loved him so much. He, he loved the Lord. He prayed before dinner. 
six months later, like, the relationship is, is not working, right? You thought this person, I, you know, as young adults, I see it so many times. I, if I can count how many times people have come to me and Stacey and be like, I believe that's the one. But they put the stamp of love and God's approval because it's packaged how they want it to look. Not saying that God won't give you what you desire because my wife is fine. <laughs> that's, that's where my faith was. And I remember my mom was like, she was like, you know, you can grow to love somebody, you know, if you don't get the looks as long as they love the Lord. And I was like, what? I don't know if I want to serve that God. I mean, let's, let's, let's not be so spiritual. We still got to be attracted to them. Amen? We, we still got to want to have sex with them. <laughs> Amen. And, and I, man, one of the most happiest days of my life when I was reading in Proverbs and the Lord says, may your wife breast captivate you all the days of your life. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me, ch- let me change my prayer up a little bit. God, I want them to be lovers of you inside but God make them let her be beautiful outside and 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 I believe and here it is I believe the really you attract what you are I'm handsome on the outside and I'm, I'm, I'm handsome on the inside so I attracted my wife from a place of wholeness some of us is attracting people from the place of our desperation and brokenness so you're desperate, they're desperate, and, and you guys fall in love in one week or t- two, two weeks, and, 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 and you're grabbing way too much intimacy in this preseason of your relationship. I always tell young adults, don't grab too much intimacy. Don't neglect the community, the friends who've been there before, before this person, because when God sends you someone, they don't pull you from community. They don't pull you from your parents. They don't pull you from church. What they do is they amplify everything you do in God. My wife didn't pull me from my family. I didn't pull her from her family. In all actuality, we made each other better for our family. You got to understand that. All right, I'm not going, we're not talking about relationships today. So new wine brings repentance, not a, 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 a sorryfulness of sin, not, not being sorry of sin. I don't know if sorryfulness is a word, but not a, not a, place of God, I'm sorry for sinning and keep going back to it. New wine brings a turning from sin. See, when you're growing in God, it's not about what you should avoid. It's about who you should be pursuing. If you stop focusing on what you should be avoiding and start focusing on who you should be pursuing, you won't keep going back to what you should be avoiding. It's a turning away from. New wine also brings revival. It revives your spirit. You're you're, you're resuscitated. New wine allows you to now no longer be attracted to dead things. You are now pursuing alive things. New wine brings renewal. It starts renewing relationships. It it just, a, a sense of newness comes on you. New wine brings reformation. Change takes place. And new wine brings restoration. This is the dispensation of grace we have access to. God is pouring new wine, and if you are under the spout of new wine, you should be seeing repentance, revival, renewal, reformation, and restoration in your life. If you're not seeing these things, use this as a barometer, use this as a standard of, Lord, am I seeing revival? And revival is not just an outpouring. Revival is not just about me getting married. Revival is about me staying married and staying faithful while I'm married. Revival is just not about a city catching on fire. It's about a city catching on fire and coming up with an apostolic approach to staying on fire. 
So I want to talk about seven things real quick. I got about 10 more minutes. How to become vessels of new wine. Number one, write this down. Stay committed to your devotion time. Stay committed to your devotion time. Psalms 1, I'm going to read it real quick. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but, everyone say but, his delight or her delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law they or he or she meditates day and night. Here it is. They shall, I'm saying they so you don't think I'm being biased. He or she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Understand, when a tree is planted, that means it's in position for the water to water it, to pour into it. We are planted by, by us spending time in the word. And the thing about it is in our, devo- in our devotion, the Lord can give us fresh manna. We can't live off yesterday's word. We can't live off yesterday's devotion. One thing the Lord told me in 2017 is you have to guard your devotion like a bear guards her cubs. I mean, you have to, like, have this, this, just this militant approach towards your devotion. Because here it is. It's in the devotion that we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, and now he's putting desires in our heart that he's pouring into that we can believe for. There's an exchange taking place in my devotion. I'm spending time with the Lord. And in this exchange of me spending time with him, I might have read six chapters, but it's just one scripture that just stood out to me that becomes a promise to me, and that's God pouring a promise that he has made specifically for me. When the last time scripture stood out to you to the degree you like, this is God speaking to me. See, that, that's the devotion time. That's that, that fresh manna he's giving you, amen. That's that logos to rhema. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Faith doesn't come by heard. It comes by hearing. Hearing is actively. Hearing is present. I'm hearing constantly in this commune with me and God. Not faith comes by what I have heard. It comes by what I'm hearing. Number two. Everyone say number two. You can't avoid conflict. You got to hear me on this, young adults. You can't avoid conflict. God uses conflict to sometimes let you know things need to be recalibrated, repositioned, and sometimes God brings uh, conflict to let you know that things have come to an end. Don't use your Christian card of, I just got to work through this and just believe the Lord is going to. No, some things you have conflict because God is revealing in that conflict that that season is over with. Some conflict you can't get closure. Closure can be such a dangerous trap because in, 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 the, in the waiting on verbal closure, you have uh, disregard the actions of their, 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 their behavior. And if you would just pay attention to the behavior and not the words, you'll see that you got all the closure that you need. Because closure will make you feel like you have to wait on something that will never come. See, Actions speak louder than words, but patterns speak louder than actions. So I'm not waiting on closure from actions. I'm already getting the closure from your patterns of how you treat me, how you talk to me, how you're uh, relating to me. No, this season is over with. In the moment I get away from that thing that is God saying is done, I immediately position myself for new. The moment I stop being promiscuous, the moment I stop expecting multiple girls to do certain things for me, the moment I gave that all up to the Lord, then God was able to send a Stacy Jaquino. You see, I said that like I can't wait to see her. (laughs) 
The moment I stopped pursuing approval from man, the Lord began to give me sonship from him. Oh, Jesus. The approval of man will make you lose sight of your sonship with God. We don't die by people's praises, so we sure don't live by their approval. Mm, mm, mm. So, I want to bring you to this real quick. Go with me to Genesis. Genesis. Check this out. Genesis 13. So, let me preface this real quick. Abraham moved by faith with God, and now God is journeying him to, 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 to do new things. He's, he's a pioneer. He's a trailblazer, and Abraham took Lot with him. However, check what happened. Look, look, at, look at what happened. It says, so Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me. Most of us will say, please let it not be no strife, and then try to work some, certain things out. But Abraham said, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren, is it not the whole land before you? Uh-oh, hold on. Abraham is not trying to reconcile something that it's time to let go. I really feel strongly sometimes we're trying to reconcile. Now, I, again, don't, don't take this as a one-size-fits-all approach. If this is for you, it's for you. But sometimes we're trying to reconcile things that we need to let go. And it's hard to let go because, like the scripture says in Luke 5, we think the old wine is better. Uh, when we taste the old wine, we don't immediately desire new wine because it's safe. There's still a bit of control. So, you know, some women won't allow a new dude to love them because they can somewhat be in control of the old guy who doesn't love them. They can somewhat control themselves in their expectation. Well, I know what I'm getting with him versus being vulnerable and allowing a new gentleman who loves the Lord and wants to love on you. Mm. And it says, please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And, and I'm skipping a few verses for time's sake. Genesis 13, 14 said this. And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him. What the Lord spoke. Once the separation took place, I believe the Lord is trying to speak. He's pouring new wine, but he's waiting for you to stop avoiding conflict. Face that conflict so that the Lord can speak when you separate or recalibrate or put this relationship, business, whatever it is, in a different category so he can speak. God spoke when Abraham separated. It didn't say Abraham and Lot were were. Kicking it, and then God spoke. It said, and, and the Bible was specific in why I said this. And the Lord said to Abram, after. It didn't, we didn't, it didn't have to have that in there. After they have separated. You want to know what God's plan for your life is? Separate from whatever it is you need to separate. And we're not separating from. Here, here's what I'm saying. Abraham wasn't separating from Lot. He was separating to God who called him to be a trail, trailblazer. Separation is not about what I need to let go. It's more so about what's taking up capacity, what's taking up space from me separating to a God who loves me. So when we're separating, it's not that the person is bad. It's not even that they're doing something wrong. And they may be doing something good, but good can sometimes be an enemy to great. And destiny is calling you to be great. So sometimes God is like, you know what, that may be good. However, I'm calling you to a higher level of greatness. 
and, and they, they're taking up space in your heart. That, that whatever it is you're doing is taking up space in God's capacity to do more in your life. Number three, let me get through these real quick. Number, uh, number three, prepare for what you're believing for. Noah built an ark for rain before the rain came. While people were partying and drinking, Noah was preparing. While others is drinking that old, stanky, funky, nasty wine, God is saying, prepare yourself. Because while they telling you they lit off this old wine, <laughs> God is like, I'm about to do some new wine stuff. I'm going to have you drunk on me. I'm going to have you high off life. I'm going to have you high because you walk in the spirit. And not the old wine that gives you a high, that gives you a crash, that gives you regret, that gives you shame, that gives you remorse, that gives you regret. I'm giving you a high that you will be proud to announce that you're high off this. And that's that love. That's that grace. That's that mercy. That's the Lord doing something new into your life. Amen. So you got to prepare for what you're believing for. So in the preparation stage, while others are clubbing, drinking, sexing, texting, whatever they're doing, you have to begin to prepare your house, your vessel, who you are, this temple, and allow the Lord to do something in you. And although it may be tantalizing what others may be doing and others may be talking about you and what you're preparing for, but it doesn't matter because the rain is going to come. God is going to pour. The rain is going to come. And you got an ark to chill in. You got plasma TVs in there. You got recliners. And you got all meats of your choice. <laughs> You got chicken, you got steak, you got filet mignon, all that good stuff. Number four, number four. Let me check my time. Cool. Two minutes. I'm going to try to get through this real quick. Number four, evaluate where you need to upgrade. Evaluate where you need to upgrade. Upgrade means alignment. Again, I said this earlier. Upgrade means evaluate what I need to say no to and what I need to say yes to. And here it is. If you don't Listen to what you need to say no to and what you need to say yes to. You'll be desensitized. The Bible says that when we do the things that we ought ought not to do or when we know we shouldn't do it, we get into this reprobate mind. Because sin hardens our conscience. Our conscience is the highest that we know. And, and, And the Holy Spirit speaks through our conscience. When we put the word in our conscience, the Holy Spirit regurgitates that and speaks to us. So when we keep sinning... Our conscience begins to be seared, and the Holy Spirit it now has to go through a process of unharding your heart and opening your conscience to speak. Does that make sense? Did I get too deep on y'all? You guys look intellectual. <laughs> so so you, you, you got to upgrade. You got to figure out what you need to say yes to and what you need to say no to. Number five, you got to embrace new. Take risk. You got to embrace new friends. I, you may be somebody that only get along with these type of people. Embrace new. If I only hung around with black people, and I'm not even all the way black, I, I would have missed out on being in an awesome relationship with Epic Life. If I only hung around people who look cool, I would have missed out on a lot of different things. Sometimes new is disguised in something that seems weird. Because it's weird because it's, it's different from you. Amen? It, it was, you know, it was a little different hanging out with Eric, you know, Waterbury. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. I love him. Great guy. But 
if I would have took my filter of what I came from, I grew up in an environment of like more of a hood culture, hustling mentality. And I grew up in an environment that, uh, that uh, 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 aggressively just demonized a culture of coming out of homosexuality. But he's one of my best friends because I was willing to embrace someone who didn't look like me, who didn't speak like me, who didn't think like me, who didn't act like me. And from that connection, so much ministry, so much healing, so much truth comes forth. Who are you avoiding that you should be pursuing? Number six, allow life. And if, if uh, are we allowed to get some music in the background as I close? Allow life to squeeze the best out of you. Right now, some of us may be feeling the pressing of life. And life should be squeezing righteousness out of you. Life should be squeezing the best out of you. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, but we have this treasure in earthly vessels. 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 4, 7 through 10. It says that the excellency of the power may be of God and out of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So you mean to tell me God is allowing, here it is, God is allowing life to bring pressure on you to teach you a new rhythm. Because the rhythm that you're rhythming in is not destiny rhythm. It's a rhythm that is a little bit off of destiny. So, you know, God, he, he, he touched. You think about when Jacob was wrestling against the angel of God, he was wrestling against him because he was against him. But the moment the Lord or that angel touched his hip, and that hip represents his support system, Jacob began to now wrestle not against God but for God to bless him. Oh, Jesus, we have to get to a place. We're not wrestling to stay the same, but we're wrestling with God to change us. Can God touch your support system that you have put above him so that he can teach you new rhythms? So God will come in and he will start putting pressure or he allow, he will allow the pressures of life to just squeeze you a little bit. But it's not to squeeze you against him or away from him. It's to squeeze you to be closer to him. I feel like some of us may be in a squeezing season. An uncomfortable season. In this season, draw to the Father. In this season, align yourself up with what he wants you to align yourself with. And it says right here, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Even though we're going through this conflict, these challenges, why am I going through this? Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, while we are not looking at our problems, our challenges, our setbacks, while we are not looking at these things, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. I want to pray real quick a special prayer. And then I want to close and hand the mic up to whoever it is that gets the mic. <laughs> I want to pray for the young adults in this room, if there's anybody in here and I spoke to you and you like, you know what, I no longer want to be an old wineskin. I want to be this new wineskin for the Lord to pour new into. I just want you to stand to your feet. If that's you, I want to, I want to pray for you. If you're in this position where you know the Lord wants to do something new, I want to pray for you because I've been there. I've been uncomfortable. I've been stretched. And I promise you, if you align yourself up, if you stay committed to these things that I shared with you, 
God will begin to pour new into you. Don't be that old wineskin. Don't stay in the rhythms of life that are not working for you. Sometimes we're in rhythms of life that's telling us we're offbeat. We're in rhythms that's telling us we're offbeat to destiny. We sense it. We feel it. And we know we're not really on beat to God, on beat to destiny, on beat to purpose. But yet we're still rocking the same rhythm, still playing that same tune, still in those same things. I'm speaking to you. I'm praying that you respond. If that's anybody else in here, please stand to, stand to your feet. I promise I don't want nothing for you or from you. I just want to bless you. I want to pray for you. If this was speaking to you, stand to your feet, and I want the Lord to do something significant in your life. Amen? If that's you, just raise your hand for me real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your word that says you will do new things in our life. Father, I pray that as your people heard the word, I pray, Father, that they will be sensitive to your leadings and your promptings. I pray, Father, a spirit of surrender to come upon them, surrender to the things of Christ. God, I come against the illusion of old that provides a false sense of stability. I come against the illusion of rhythms that don't rhythm with destiny, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, every seductive, every deceptive, every lying spirit that has spoken that old is better than new, Lord, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we have epic life people in here, Father, people of destiny, city changers, world changers, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you give them a spirit of wisdom we pray that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they will know the hope that is in their calling. Father, we pray that there will be a new dimension of the length, the depth, the width, the height of the love of God that surpasses all understanding so that you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask, think, or imagine according to your grace, Lord. I thank you for predestined people in here in Jesus' name. Reveal old wineskins. Reveal old habits. Reveal old relationships. Reveal what is old that you are saying this season for that is up, Lord. Behold, you will do a new thing. Behold, you will bring new relationships. Behold, you will bring new opportunities, new endeavors in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just declare that. We decree it. And if we believe it, everyone give the Lord a round of applause and just give him some praise in Jesus' name. Amen.